You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. We're speaking with Jeremy Lassen, the publisher of Nightshade Books. We're going to talk about some books as Christmas gifts. Thank you for joining me, Jeremy. My pleasure. Well, Jeremy, I sent you this link earlier, and of course, at the top of my list for things to get is the Codex Serafianus by Luigi Serafini, a, a lovely book. It looks like it's going to set me back about 900 bucks for one that would be a first English edition. Right. Well, English Sort of. <laughs> sort of. Uh, this is a really unique book. It was created by a surrealist artist. His name is Luigi Serafini. Um, first came out back in the 70s, I believe. In the, now, I must admit that I did find a copy of the very original first edition, um, which was in two slip-cased volumes. But that's four grand, and I'm just, you know, I'm looking at my gift gift-giving list and thinking, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might be a little bit ostentatious. You know, maybe go for the one volume a little bit later. Yeah. Right. Um, what this is, is essentially, it's an encyclopedia describing another world that's something like ours, but also like ours as reimagined by uh, Salvador Dali and Stanislaw Lem in a collaborative moment. And... Uh completely written in a, a fabricated language, in a, a non-existent uh, language. And sumptuously illustrated with lots of color illustrations. And if you look at the Wikipedia entry, you can see a lot of the illustrations. They actually uh, have a lot of the pages there. And it's just gorgeously beautiful. And, and I think you can get some of the slightly later editions for, uh, what was it, like 79 euros or something, which would be 200 bucks. I mean, yeah. even to just have that kind of... Uh, beautiful book gift document would be something that would be really uh, superb. So there's a, a number one on my list. Luigi Serafini, the Codex Serafianus, can't go wrong. I can't imagine anybody who doesn't love books, who loves books, who wouldn't love this book. Yeah. Now, um, what about uh, some maybe slightly more reasonable <laughs> <laughs> suggestions? Well, along, along the kind of similar line of sumptuously illustrated, absolutely gorgeous objects. Um, I'm a big fan of the, um, the, um, the Sandow Burke um, illustrated uh, Dante's Divine Comedy. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that I, and he did something, too, else. It was the war between Northern yeah. and Southern California. Yeah, in Smog and Thunder, historical works from the Great War of the Californias. Um, that was another one that is, uh, particularly anybody who's from California or has any kind of connection to California history or culture, that one really resonates. It's, it's really smartly illustrated with illustrations that are like of a period and of, you know, kind of reminiscent of propaganda pieces in, in, in a conflict. And it's, it's really just fascinating. And also given, you know, the kind of like um, cantankerous political environment of the last, I don't know, eight years or so, you know, it kind of resonates, I think, um, as, as it's supposed to. And how much are those are those books going to set us back, respectively? Well, I think the um, the Smog and Thunder, the the Great War of California, is 
only around $25, something like that. Wow. I mean, it's relatively affordable. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a smallish book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the Dante's Divine Comedy, uh, which is it's, it's not actually the original text. It's rewritten by uh, Marcus Sanders. Um, it's re- reimagined in a Southern California in Los Angeles. And it's actually very, very funny and very witty. And um, I highly recommend that one. Uh, I think that one goes for a set of, like, oversized three hardcovers um, for about $100 or so. You can probably get it cheaper from some of the discounters. Wow, well, that sounds very nice. Yeah. Now, I know there's a Nightshade book I have to ask about. I think I'm probably too late. Uh, the limited edition of Perdido Street Station. Do you have any left? <laughs> um, we have some of the uh, $80 um, copies left. Um, the letters are long gone. The tray cased, you know, extra mm-hmm. super nice. But, um, you know, the, the one with our illustrations and kind of oversized edition, um, we still we are still taking orders for that one. So, yeah. Well, that's, that would be certainly, I think, at the top of many of my readers' lists. It's illustrated <laughs> by Edward Miller. Uh, yeah. Lee, Les Edwards has yes. a number of names. Yeah. Uh, he is the same artist who did the original um, cover, British covers for um, Perdido Street Station and um, The Scar, um, which are absolutely gorgeous if you've never seen the British editions. Um, really beautiful illustrations, cover illustrations. So we commissioned him to, uh, to do like six interior illustrations and a new cover. And I've seen some of them, and they're very beautiful. And I have to say that when I first encountered Perdido Street Station, part of the charm for me was that was that cover illustration. It really captured, I think, the feel of what Mieville was trying to do and made it a lot easier for me to enter that world. So an addition with more illustrations, I think, would have to be highly desirable. Yeah, yeah. Um, another Another good gift idea if you're looking for... Um, something for science fiction fans um, from the Nightshade shelf. Um, we're just releasing the third volume of our um, complete set of uh, David Drake's uh, Hammer Slammers fiction um, in a matching hardcover set. Um, so it has all the novels and all the short stories. Um, and each volume features an original or uh, an uncollected piece. Um, so any uh, military SF fans or you know fans of um, you know kind of broader action-oriented science fiction. It's a really gorgeous set. The first two volumes are illustrated by uh, John Berkey, and uh, we both have limited editions and trade editions, trade hardcovers available in that set, too. So, I mean, we've got a lot of different things that, you know, we try and do for for the fans, you know. We have uh, our omnibus Glenn Cook editions as well that are, you know, signed by Glenn Cook, and um, those are good ideas as well, I think. And when we're talking about some of the... Uh, uh Collecting the classics, I, I know Subterranean's been reprinting Robert Silverberg, and, and I remember encountering Robert Silverberg as one of the first science fiction writers that really struck me because he's so science fiction, and I was kind of young at the time, and I find it kind of shocking. So it's really great to see their collected editions of Robert Silverberg coming out as well. Yeah, absolutely, and um, they've done also done some work by uh, Philip Jose Farmer, um, and as well I know uh, Monkey Brain Press. Um, out of Texas, um, they've done a, a, a big collection of Philip Jose Farmer's work as well. And he was another guy as a very young reader that I stumbled across that was like, you know, totally mind-expanding. Like, wow, this is this is what science fiction does really well, you know. And so, getting you know, getting back in touch with some of that early, you know, some of the the primal influences. I mean, for me, it was kind of like the new wave writers um, who really kind of, you know, when I was a young reader, 
just totally expanded my mind of like, wow, this is just really incredible. And Phil Jose Farmer is one of those guys. Right. I remember encountering him first in Dangerous Visions. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, too, when Harlan Ellison came out with Alone Against Tomorrow, uh, one of my friends got it in a book club edition, and in it there's a story in there about a man who loses his identity. He has so many numbers, he just kind of gets, he loses his identity. And at the in what Harlan's inimitable preface, he actually gave out a bunch of his numbers, including his phone number. <laughs> and, and young Rick Kleffel at the age of, I think, 14 or 15, called up Harlan Ellison. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually got him on the phone, and he was a really nice guy, actually. So, you know, considering there's some geeky teenager calling him up and saying, asking him the quintessential story, where do you get your ideas from? And, and <laughs> his quintessential reply was, I don't know, man, they just come to me. <laughs> but he was a really nice guy. And it, yeah, it, no, on Harlan's writing is obviously, and particularly his nonfiction's introductions, they're always so so chatty and, and welcoming to, to readers who aren't familiar with the material, they kind of like usher you into a world that you didn't know existed, be it the fan community or the writing community or, or the writing itself. I think, you know, a lot of Harlan's writings are really kind of like instrumental in bringing readers into it. They certainly were for me. Um, now, and it, it was actually really nice. Um, I, I received very early on in our um, publishing venture, I received a similar random phone call from Harlan Ellison um, you know, calling us up saying, good job with that Manly Wade Wellman stuff and, and keep up the good work. And, you know, so he's he's um, been very supportive of our work over the past few years. So, you know, it was kind of a nice circle. And, and now I'm trying to recall, I have it on my shelf, but I can't quite see it from here. What's the name of his giant, of the, the giant uh, book of collection of his short stories, which is, I think, now probably... Oh, the Ellison, uh, the Essential Ellison. The Essential Ellison, there's a... Which has gone through three different versions now. Really? Yeah, there's the, <laughs> every five years or so, it seems like it's reissued with a different selection of stories, or it keeps getting bigger. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a quintessential volume, it's still in print, I think, from Morpheus Press and um, in trade paperback. And it's, yeah, it's one that I, I very much treasure. Uh, another good volume that just came out recently was Paraspheres by Omnidon Press. I really liked uh, that, that book. I think I thought it had a really great uh, sensibility to it. Hmm, okay. Um, it has a, uh, I guess it's close to being somewhat new weirdish, but I think it's a little more... Uh, I, they tend to have a slightly more literary slant, I think, not so hardcore genre fiction. Right. Um, but it, it, it's, again, you can get a trade paperback reasonably priced and, you know, corrupt some young mind forever. <laughs> right, <laughs> Which is right. The, and this is what you have to do is to find the, the books that, that detour your teenage uh, kids into a, a world of sinful reading for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Oh, another one that was just way too much fun that is... Um, the Big Book of Amber by Roger Zelazny. It was actually a huge, giant trade paperback that collects up, I think, all nine, eight or nine of uh, his Amber novels. Oh, boy, I remember one, those. <laughs> yeah. And it was one of the original kind of, um, you know, parallel worlds, you know, somebody who can walk through the different iterations of, you know, the multiverse, as it were, and, you know, about the family at the center of the multiverse that has these powers to walk across it. And it was just... Just, you know, mind-blowing fun. Roger Zelazny is really, 
you know, uh, obviously one of the seminal writers of his era, and you know, and that was that was an entry point for me into a lot of his writing, and you know, just brilliant stuff. Oh, well, I, I certainly concur. Now, it strikes me, looking up at my bookshelf, something that uh, a writer, I think, who hasn't gotten a lot of exposure in, in the United States, but he's at very, very good, and I think he's about to get a lot of exposure this coming year, is John Meany. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, Pierre recently re- uh, printed nice, beautiful hardcover, beautiful and affordable hardcover versions of his the books in his Null Appearian sequence, Paradox, context, and resolution, and and also as well to hold infinity, which is something of a prequel to those. Right. And those are would be you know you could pick all those up in a hardcover set, and and that's that's a would a possibly corrupt some young mind, or b just make somebody who likes reading classic multi-layered science fiction very happy. Absolutely. And, and he has a new book coming out this year, uh, Bone Song. Yeah, yeah, no, I got a, I got an advanced uh, copy of that one. I read, and it is very different from what he's, what he's done before, um, and a very unique kind of take on, I don't know, on the kind of urban fantasy um, vibe. I mean, it's, 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 it's science fictional. It re- actually remind me quite a bit of uh, the Walter John Williams um, Metropolitan City on Fire um, uh, series of novels, in that it presents. A narrative using traditional science fiction tropes, or you know, a, a traditional set of tropes, but it's a very different um, setting, or the nuts and bolts are very different from the average stuff in the genre. Um, it's, it's, that's absolutely unique, and um, you know, it's it's tentatively connected to the kind of you know, not paranormal romance, but urban fantasy, supernatural um, kind of thing, but but. In, in a completely, you know, coming at it from a complete right angle. It's just great. And, and uh, Nightshade also has a, a title that's not dissimilar. It's uh, Alex Bledsoe's novel. Ah, Sword Edge Blonde, yeah, yeah. No, that's one of my, um, one of the joys of being able to do this is to discover, you know, published novels that, you know, frankly, wouldn't have gotten out there otherwise. And um, Alex's book just spoke to me just the second I read the manuscript. It's this beautiful fusion of, of kind of hard-boiled noir um, dialogue and structure, um, as far as the prose goes, but it's um, but it's a fantasy novel, so it's a it's a sword for hire, you know, instead of a PI, and um, and there's uh, you know a tragic backstory that the sword for hire has, and um, you know and he has to go and somebody's been kidnapped and set up, and it, it's just this, but it's told completely straight because there's a lot of kind of fusion fantasy. You know, like some of the Glenn Cook, maybe the the Garrett books that are that are done tongue in cheek or they're done funny. The the fusion of the two different genres creates a a, a feeling of you know of, of of laughter of mirth. It's it's kind of funny, and this is played totally straight, and it, and it very much works. It's a dark story, um, but very compelling. And um, the juxtaposition doesn't seem to be a parody at all. It just you know they they work together really well. So, yeah, Alex's book is just uh, a wonderful, wonderful thing, I think. And, and you know, uh, another book that I, that I recently got that I was really struck by was uh, the, com- the Complete Poetry and Selected Prose of John Milton. Ah. Uh. It's a giant, thick book brick 
but it's all, you have Paradise Lost, which is in many ways, you know, the 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 seed at the core of all modern fantasy. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it, that the influence of Milton and Paradise Lost on you know on, on contemporary fantasy fiction or, or you know all Western fantasy fiction shouldn't be understated. I mean, that kind of you know fallen outsider. I mean, he does the the, the great job of making you know the Lucifer character. You know the romantic, the the romantic fallen antihero, and um, yeah, I mean, just resonates over and over again. And, and this is a really, it's a beautiful new edition, a fantastic translation, and, and with with a lot of great ancillary uh, um, prefatory essays by some superb Milton scholars. It's mu- it's really readable. It, it's just a beautiful, big, thick book that you can buy. I think anybody and you might actually find that you lead them from literature to fantasy quite well. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, kind of another, another great gift idea that um, was just released, uh, Christopher Moore's novel, um, Lamb, the, the Childhood Story of Biff, the um, buddy, buddy of Christ. Um, it's, it's a novel they released a couple of years ago, and they just re-released it um, in a leather-bound, gold-embossed, um, gilded edge paper, so it looks like a Bible. Really? <laughs> so it looks like, you know, one of these, you know, lost apostle, you know, works of, you know, and, but it's, it, you know, it's just a new edition of the novel, and it's, it's a, it's a very um, tongue-in-cheek, yet um, kind of loving send-up of, of the Gospels, of the story of Christ. And so as a Christmas story, it's not anti-religious, as much as it is, you know, kind of a, a wry, smiling, you know. So I, I think it actually would work quite well for a, a wide range of people. It's sort of the, you know, accessible, funny um, version of, I guess, Anne Rice wrote a novel from Christ's perspective, um, which from all accounts seemed to be a terrible, awful bore. But um, this is the exact opposite of that. It's, it's really fun, really oh. funny. Well, Christopher Moore is a, a superb writer who's finally kind of getting his due after years in what we used to call the mid-list. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think the mid-list is, we, can, can we put a cap on the mid-list? I think it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's just books out there. Absolutely. A lot of them. We've been speaking with Jeremy Lassen. He's the publisher of Nightshade Books, getting some great gift ideas. Thank you for joining me, Jeremy. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I was happy to talk about my favorite books. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.